afternoon, everybody. Welcome to my show, Church of the Soul's Evolution. I'm the Reverend Blake Ruby, an ordained minister. How are you? I hope you're doing okay. I am doing fine. Thank you. I woke up this morning and I went to the track. There's a dirt track on Lackland Air Force Base about seven miles away. And I ran a mile around the track singing our army cadence all the way, you know. Here we go, all the way, going to make it, going to take it. One mile, no sweat. Two miles better yet. One, two, three, four, hey. I did 22 years in the Army. I started off with the infantry. Four years, I went to Fort Benning. And it was an incredible time. They taught me to be tough, to push myself, to not quit, never stop. You know, you got to set your sign on something, do it. And speaking of that, on my show, I like to talk about spiritual matters, you know, which includes extraterrestrials. And why not? The way I figure it, with all the war, fighting that's gone on throughout the years, and is still going on now, why not something on the other side of the spectrum, right? Something positive. It deals with the, the spirit. Now, some people will tell you that that kind of information is really secret, not meant to be shared. I disagree. I think the time is always now for spiritual development and the evolution of the soul. Because tomorrow might not be here for us. You know, I am a superstar rock star. I am. I'm a karaoke king. I've been told that. When I've gone on cruises before in the past, I always go to karaoke. I usually go by myself. My wife, she goes and does her own thing. And I'm not saying I'm better than you. I'm just saying that I'm really blessed at a few things in my life. In fact, I can say that I am the truth, the light, and the way. And you could say that, too, because I know you out there throughout the world, wherever you may be listening, you're a co-creator God in the making just like me, and we're equal in that regard. We're all souls on a soul journey in the evolution of our soul, and no one's better than another person, whether they're in the highest levels of government or wherever a human being is in their life. On this planet, in this world, we are all the same. We are equal. And like it says in the Bible, we were created equal. However, the only real difference is with our soul. And it's not like we flaunt that difference. The difference is because I may have more past lives than you do. and. It's not really something out of my control. I don't know how many I have, and I'm sure there are other souls on this world in this world who have more past lives than I do. And so here we are in a world that's very beautiful indeed. A wonderful world, like Louis Armstrong sings. What a wonderful world. 
I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Indeed it is. You know, all the life here on this planet, just think. Over a million types of insects, over 30,000 types of fish in the ocean seas, rivers, and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds and reptiles, over 9,000 types of amphibians, over 5,000 types of mammals, all the flowers and trees and the fruits and vegetables. If all that happened by accident, logically it could happen by accident elsewhere in the universe. That's logical. But if there is a creator, which I know there is, a creator so powerful and so knowledgeable, omnipotent and omniscient, to have created all this life on Earth, all the bodies, the different types of bodies, amazing. Now you understand why I talk about these kinds of things? Or would you rather go and watch TV and tune into all the violence that's going on, all the fantasy violence movies? You know, you understand where I'm coming from? And now, like I mentioned, it's the opposite side of the spectrum. The opposite end of the spectrum. I don't talk about violence. I don't talk about competition. All I'm talking about is the development of spirituality and the evolution of the soul. And part of that includes the extraterrestrials that are out there who may be listening to my show right now. I think that the spaceships that might be in orbit that are monitoring our civilization as I speak, as we speak might be doing so, they have technology beyond their understanding. First of all, you have to realize that they've been in existence for hundreds of millions of years, longer than we have, because they've just been a part of the development and growth and expansion of the universe. And we're about 15 billion light years from the center, so just imagine all the way up until when the Milky Way galaxy was created, there was a lot of other stuff that was created. And other life, you know the universe is teeming with life. And that leads me to my next thing I'm going to talk about. I'm entering in a speech contest next week. And it's no big deal. I've done it many times before in the past. I haven't won all the time, but then again, I'm not really concerned about winning. I just like the pressure of the situation. And, of course, there are some really good public speakers out there. So the ones that do compete are the good ones. And I've been a Toastmaster since 1998. I was a member of two clubs in Cleveland, Ohio for two years. And then I had a hiatus for about eight years. And then I, in 2008, I joined again. I was a member of three clubs in Alexandria, Virginia, before coming here to San Antonio. And I joined the club here in 2012. And then that was a work-related club. I used to go to it during lunch hour at work. We had it close by to where I worked. And we had a lot of interest. And I was the president one year. I was the vice president of education for three years. And we were a top-ranked club. We did really well thanks to the effort that I put in. And also, probably more importantly, this one individual, he got this club newsletter going. And he is a very talented individual indeed. A very talented man. He is the leader of the band and I'm a part of the work called the Jamming with the G Staff Band. I'm a singer. He plays the guitar and sings. 
And we've got, we've got a bass player. We've got, we've had drummers before. One guy came and he left, retired, went on to do something else. And, uh, he had, we had, a, uh, toys for tots over Christmas get together. We collected a lot of toys for the Marines, you know, and the distribution of the toys for tots. And so as we've done before in years in the past, the Marines have come over and collected the toys. And so we had a little event ceremony and the band played and I sang a song, Route 66. I was going to sing Blue Christmas and I practiced it. And I'd done it before in the, in the past, the other years in the past. Anyway, it's a pretty cool band. And this guy, his name is Rudy Morales. He, he jams all the time. He's got uh, this man who plays lead guitar. Rudy plays rhythm guitar. And they've got a, like an electronic drum machine and they go to all these bars and restaurants around on the outskirts of San Antonio in the suburbs. Usually has about three gigs a week. And he plays for like three hours, three, four hour sets. And he loves doing that. And he also is a very talented, extremely talented painter and artist. And he makes these firework on on boards, you know, pieces of wood. He, he etches in all these beautiful etchings, whether it could be an M1 tank or because he was a former armor soldier, retired sergeant first class like I am. And when people retire or keep what they call PCS, permanent change of station, like a high, a higher leader, a colonel may be a directorate there in our organization. We'll give them a going away gift, you know, one of these fire art, whatever their MOS one, whatever their job is. So it could be any one of a number of different paintings, if you will, that he does. And it takes many hours of very tedious, painstaking work, etching that wood, you know, very, very fine attention to detail to do that. He's a very gifted man. So anyway, he's the lead of the band. And in December, when we had the Toys for Todd event, I sang Route 66 by Matt King Cole. I was going to say, I mentioned, as I mentioned, I was going to sing Blue Christmas. Oh, have a blue Christmas without you. I'll be so blue just thinking about you. Decorations of red on a green Christmas tree won't be the same if you're not here with me. And when those blue snowflakes start falling, that's when those blue memories start calling. You'll be doing all right with your Christmas of white. But I'll have a blue, a blue, blue, blue Christmas. But I sang Route 66 that particular day. He had... This one really excellent guitar player I've never seen before, lead guitar, just fantastic. And the drummer was awesome. And Rudy was his usual great self. And so I sang, If you've ever planned to motor west, travel my way, take the highway, that's the best. 
get your kicks on Route 66. It winds from Chicago to L.A. More than 2,000 miles all the way. Get your kicks on Route 66. Now it goes through St. Louis, Joplin, Missouri. Oklahoma City looks mighty pretty. You see Amarillo, Gallup, New Mexico, Flagstaff, Arizona. Don't forget Kingman, Barstow, San Bernardino. Won't you get hip to this timely tip when you make that California trip? Get your kicks on, woo-hoo, 66. Anyway, I sang some songs today. Like I said, I am a rock star. I'm a superstar. Just a diamond in the rough waiting to be discovered. But maybe later on, you know, I've got a repertoire of over 125 songs that I know, that I've memorized. And I mentioned before in other previous shows, it's been a while because of the virus that started, you know. You know the name. It's the virus. That's what I call it. It's the virus. And by the way, my wife, she came down with COVID last Friday, and she's doing better, much better. Thank God. Thank you, God. Thank you. And my granddaughter, one of my granddaughters, who caught it, but she has no symptoms whatsoever. She's a strong young woman. I'm not so sure. I guess I've I got to accept it, you know, the testing, whatever they say. Fine. You know, I've had the flu before in the past. It's the same. You call it, you can call it a little more of an aggressive strain of the flu, but the symptoms are the same. Basically, it's just a virus. A virus is a virus. You want to call it one thing, you can, or something different, you can. Go ahead. The people who are in charge, let them do that. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm staying in shape. I go out, exercise every day. I get my daily recommended amount of sunshine, drink enough water. I'm sorry, you know, for the people who are, who do get sick. And I, I wish, I, I wish everybody healing for those that do get sick. And I hope that they take good care of themselves, you know, or go to the doctor and get whatever medicine you need. And antibiotics will always work for me. Jackie, my wife, she just got some. And anyway, so I was going to get that speech, a practice speech. And, you know, we could be so much better off as a civilization, as a society, as a member, as members of the human race, if we were to be brave and courageous enough to make contact with extraterrestrials. You know, I don't understand sometimes how we've had all these wars in the past and men go off to war and they fight and they kill each other and they get killed. And that's a very brave thing to do. And I I understand the nature of the beast. You know, human beings are like that. There's that fight or flight syndrome inside of every human being and sometimes it boils down to I want what you have you know that's what the fighting's all about I have more than you I want that you know 
give me what you have. I want more, more money, more possessions. Some people are very poor and that's sad. I saw a homeless man today on the street. He looked, poor fellow, he looked like he was going through some, a very difficult time, you know? And I always give money to the homeless. Uh, I really am compassionate for them and sympathetic and empathetic. But anyway, I, I encourage you to do the same too, you know, because we're all one. We're interconnected, kind of like a network of human beings on this planet. You haven't noticed already. We're separate individuals, and don't forget there are some powers that are overwatching. Angels are watching us. Everybody has an angel inside the car, driving wherever you are, a spirit guide more than likely, someone who's dedicated their their life in the spirit realms to watching over you, a friend, a very, very good friend. I've seen you through many a difficult time. So we're not alone, you know, we're, we are one. And there's a lot of songs out there, people, I mean, this is no new thing. You should know that by now, that we're not alone on this planet and not alone in the universe, too. They're out there. And they're just waiting to make contact with us. But things like 9-11 happen and then wonder... You know, these people, we already knew they had a very aggressive, warlike past, you know, and, and a lot of killing each other. Are they going to make it? You know, will they, will they, will love survive? Will the family survive? Will the good, decent people overcome all these terrible events like active shooter events or wars that pop up throughout the world in different countries, dictators, people doing insane stuff, you know, will we survive that? Will love find a way? I think it will. Let's be optimistic. Will there be peace? Every Christmas we sing about peace and goodwill towards man. We celebrate the divine intervention that happened all those years ago in the past the man who performed all those miracles. And that is no joke, whether you believe he was a prophet or the son of God or an extraterrestrial like I do. Either way, you can't deny that those miracles happened to include the resurrection. And really, that's no big deal, my friends, because when you've had interaction with a very highly advanced extraterrestrial race, like we've had in the past, all that boils down to is just some very good technology. And if you don't know what I mean, check out some of my old shows in BBS Radio's archives. Okay? Because I'm getting tired of repeating it over and over again. You know what I mean. I've got other things to talk about, like the speech I'm supposed to give next week. A speech contest. And I've mentioned that to people and that automatically instills fear in people. I can see it, you know. That's like the ultimate thing. Well, I'm going to give this speech, and it's a five to seven minute speech, and it goes something like this, okay? So let me take a drink of water, and I'll get going. This is practice for me. That's one great thing about having your own radio show on BBS Radio. You can spend your one hour any way you want, whether it's singing, talking about whatever, saying that you're the best, and everybody is fantastic, and you love and adore every human being on this planet because... Well, I mean, we could be 
gone tomorrow, you know. It's like I sang that song today, Dream On. Dream on, dream on, sing for today. Sing for, sing for the years, sing for the laughter, sing for the tears. Sing for, maybe tomorrow the good Lord will take you away, you know. That's logical. Hopefully not for me, hopefully not for you. Am I right or am I right? Okay, drink water, down. Okay, here's the speech. My friends, what if I was to tell you there was a way to cure COVID? What if I was to tell you not only that, but any disease, cancer, heart disease, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's disease, any disease, you mention it. What if I was to tell you there is a way to cure those diseases? Would that be interesting to you? Would that make you say, hey, that sounds worthwhile? Well, we do. And what it is, is making contact with the advanced extraterrestrial civilization who is currently out there right now in their spaceship orbiting Earth or the moon and they've been observing us for about a thousand years I'm telling you the truth no lies and they want to invite us to join the intergalactic community but we as a whole a civilization as a whole haven't the evidence we say the concrete the empirical evidence to prove that they exist and that the universe is teeming with life and we're not alone in the universe. Well, let me recount to you three individuals who experienced a UFO from another planet. Let me take you back in time in the 1980s in the beautiful Hudson Valley of New York. All throughout the 1980s, there was this unidentified flying object that was witnessed by 25,000 people throughout the 80s. I'm not talking about 25, my friends, or 2,500, 25,000. That could fill up a baseball stadium or a football stadium, you know, an NFL football game. Just imagine what you're going to watch on TV tomorrow. All those people witnessed a flying object, unidentified. But it was a V-shaped, what they call a black mountain with lights all around it. And it hovered. And it made no noise. Anti-gravity technology, my friends. There was a man by the name of Dennis Sant who worked in the state government, a very respectable individual with a lot of credibility. Him and his son saw this object hovering over their house in the 1980s. They went outside and looked up at it. And they followed it around to their backyard where it disappeared behind the trees about the size of a football field. And the official explanation later on would be it was an airplane or some airplanes flying in formation, a hoax. But 
25,000 people saw that. If someone perpetrated a hoax, it would have only happened one time, right? And then there was a police officer by the name of Andy Sandhoff. She was in a patrol car one night on a routine patrol when this object came and floated above her car. She stuck her head out the window and looked up at it. Not an airplane, my friend. She said that it, it was a city of light. And one thing she noticed more than anything, it didn't make a noise. And you know how noisy airplanes can be? You know more than anybody just how noisy they can be. Then there was Ed Burns, a computer engineer, driving down the Taconic Parkway in that beautiful Hudson Valley one night when he noticed there was some static on his radio. And then suddenly up ahead of him was that object. And there were motorists pulled over by the side of the road watching it. He pulled over himself, got out walked up to him. He tried to strike up a conversation with one man who was so shell-shocked, so to speak. He said his eyes were like wide open, like saucers. And he was saying, hey, this is amazing. What is this thing? Man, you know, they've always talked about these things being real. Well, there it is. This guy couldn't talk. Anyway, three individuals there, my friends. And again, the official explanation by the government for those 25,000 sightings in the Hudson Valley during the 1980s was, it was an airplane. Or it was a group of airplanes flying in formation at nighttime. Do you know how dangerous that is at nighttime? Or, excuse me, six private airplanes. They did do that. I don't know what was in their minds, knowing that that was such a dangerous stunt to pull. Also, it was against FAA regulations, and they could have gotten in a lot of trouble. The fact is that they went and did that after probably having seen that UFO themselves and having heard about that UFO flying around, they thought they would do that. I don't know why. People get crazy sometimes. That's the best way I can explain it. But in conclusion, if we want to make contact with extraterrestrials, we have to ask ourselves, how much do we need? when there's already thousands of good examples of evidence like the one I just told you, the Hudson Valley UFO, thousands just like that, that have happened throughout our past, throughout the centuries, and are happening right now. People are witnessing UFOs all the time. And some of these could be explained away by saying it's secret government technology that the U.S. is developing. But that wasn't Area 51 in the Nevada desert. That was in New York during the 1980s. And are you so sure the government has anti-gravity electromagnetic propulsion systems and they work perfectly? Why are they hiding them? So that the competition, the Chinese or the Russians, won't get that same technology? Well, they're going to keep it under, what's the word, hidden away for ever? Or are they finally going to come out with it one day if they do have that technology? And I believe they do, but not to that level of proficiency or that capability, if you know what I mean. So, my friends, finally, let me hear you say, it wasn't an airplane. And that's the end of the speech. So wait for them to reply. It wasn't an airplane. It wasn't, you know what an airplane sounds like? Or what a helicopter sounds like and what they look like at nighttime. 
Anyway, that was my speech. I'm going to have to polish it up a little bit more before Tuesday. Then there was two other people competing. And I think I've been in about 20 speech contests throughout the years. They're always interesting, you know, and there's that added dimension of pressure, too, where you have to perform. But what I don't like, and I learned to deal with it, it's like a hangover afterwards. When you think that you've done really well and you think that you've done better than someone else, and then the judges pick the other person over you. In fact, one time I actually complained. I created a, an uproar because I knew that this one guy didn't do as well as I did. And I thought it was discrimination. I talk about subjects like this because I just can't talk about the regular things, the everyday norm, boring, boring stuff. You know, I'm 67, almost 68 years old. I've been on the path of spiritual development for many years. Why not talk about that? It's a, a viable subject as any other. You know, some people will talk about religion or politics or they talk about their lives. And that is interesting. I think more than anything, especially with movies today, it would behoove Hollywood to make more movies that were about real people and their lives, events that they've gone through. That's what I want to know. I don't want to see any more fantasy violence movies that pay these actors big time money, you know, and I'm not trying to, I know it's a job for them and they're trying to break into the acting scene and they, that's how they make their money. And God knows it. it's not their fault. It's the producers and directors of these movies, the people that write them, that make them so violent, so terribly, terribly violent. You have the vampire movies and the zombie movies and werewolf movies. And, and I got to admit, I've been a fan of werewolf movies before in the past. That kind of intrigues me how people turn into a werewolf, you know, and their face starts to grow and contort and, and the hair grows on their face and their hands. And, but it's always violent, always ending in a lot of violence. A lot of people killed left, right. John Wick, you know, Keanu Reeves. I, I like him as an actor, but in the last John Wick movie, I'm sure it was going to be a new one to John Wick 4. He killed like 112 people in the movie. Now, we kind of become cold and, and, and with no passion or no compassion, no sympathy for these people who, whose lives are ended, you know, by whatever the weapon is, you know, whether they have a family or not, if they have any children. Yeah, maybe they're going down the wrong path, you know, but everyone deserves a second chance to rehabilitate themselves, you know, and like I did, I wasn't into that kind of thing, but I was going down a, a wrong path without going into the details, as I'm sure most of you were, and some of you are saved, you know. I consider myself a born-again Christian, 1988, I accepted Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, who was resurrected from dying on the cross, you know, and I've mentioned this before, 
And after all, this show is the Church of the Soul's Evolution. I've talked about the Bible and what I agree with and what I don't agree with the Bible. And I don't agree with saying that Jesus died for our sins because I don't believe in Adam and Eve. To me, that's a fantasy that was created. It doesn't make any sense. A logical mind, in my opinion, logical mind would not, could see through that and call it a fantasy like it is because it was the church that developed that. And you have to understand that religion is a money-making business, even though I'm not making money. But my spirituality, what I talk about, is not religion. And you don't need, you out there, don't need intermediary to communicate with your mother and father God who created your soul and your spirit inside your body. You can have a direct relationship through them, to them, through prayer. You communicate through prayer with them. Now, Jesus is a beautiful example of a highly evolved soul coming to this world from another world. And this is my opinion, my belief. Another planet, the planets that monitor our civilization, they're kind of making sure that we go down the right path, but they don't give us our food on a silver platter, so to speak. They'll show us the way. They'll intervene when necessary, but we need to figure it out for ourselves. And Jesus knew that he would die on the cross, right? He knew that in three days he would be resurrected, right? Well, if he died on the cross, how could he, how could you say, how can those Christians say that he died for our sins when he came back to life? He was resurrected. That's the logic that some Christians don't share because they are just conforming with what has been told to them, they're not thinking on their own, and they're not standing alone, and hopefully they won't die that way, because what I just mentioned is logical. If Jesus died for our sins, well, he came back to life. So what, what, does, that, what does that leave him dying for our sins? He, if you have a sin, repent from it. Repent daily. Each day, repent to your loving creator. Jesus did not create. And I see it all the time. People confuse Jesus and the father and the mother. Don't leave out the mother because, as I mentioned before, you can't have children without a mother and a father. And we are all the children of our mother and father in heaven on the sun. Even Jesus himself said, our father who art in heaven should be our father and mother who art in heaven. So, hello, you know, we are the children of the mother and father God. Repent daily. Reconcile yourself with your loving mother and father who created your soul and your spirit. You don't need Jesus. I mean, you can worship him if you want. And that's probably one of the most noble endeavors for any person is to study the life of Jesus and Especially the miracles he performed, that should be the focus of the Christians that I see are, are mistaken in their beliefs and just need a little 
modification to set them on the right path. And that's what I'm doing. So he did come back to life. And he did walk around for 40 days. And he did interact with the disciples. And they had breakfast on the ocean shore one time. And they had bread and they had fish. And they sat around in a circle. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, actually, Jesus said, Peter, do you love me more than these others? Peter said, he didn't want to offend them. He said, Jesus, you know I love you. There was a pause. Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? So Peter was a little bit taken back. Jesus asked him a second time. He said, Lord, you know I love you. And Jesus said, look after my sheep. Look after my sheep. And then a third time, Jesus asked him, Peter, Simon, son of John, actually, he said, do you love me? And then Peter became a little bit emotional, upset that Jesus had asked him three times if he loved him. So Peter kind of broke down and said, Lord, you know I love you. And then Jesus waited for that. Perhaps those three times were to not make him feel so badly about the three times he denied him, right? And that did happen. So maybe that was just his way of making Peter feel better because he knew that Peter had a big mission to fulfill when he was gone after he ascended to heaven, right? And the disciples saw him leading up off the ground and disappearing into the clouds. And he had to make sure that Peter was mentally capable, mentally fit, and able to go out and preach the gospel to the people, share that faith to cast out demons and cure people as necessary, to spread the word until the day he died. He said, when you get older, People will bind you up. They'll put you in prison. Basically, that's what he explained to him. He said, when you when you were younger, you could go anywhere. You did anything. You had fun. You were a child. You played. But when you get older, people will tie you up. They'll chain you. They'll imprison you. And then they'll finally kill you. Just keep the faith, you know, because I'm always here. I'll be with you. I'll be watching you along the way. And... So anyway, they, they finished their their meal there at the seaside, the Sea of Galilee, that was. And that was another miracle, too. Jesus said, you know, cast your net out to the right side of the boat and you'll catch all these fish. And they did. And so then they hauled that uh, bunch of fish to the shore and they grabbed one. He said, get a fish and come back to the fire. He already had some fish cooking on the fire and some bread. But they brought back the fish, and I guess they had a nice nice meal. And then, as I mentioned later on, probably towards the end of those 40 days, he said goodbye to them, gave them some final words of encouragement and instruction, and then ascended. The ascension is true, like the resurrection, my friends. But I... If you want to believe that he died for your sins, I mean, 2,000 years later, that he died for your sins, as if he was thinking about you back then, 
that's kind of arrogant. No, that's not the right word. You could say he died for the sins of the human race. Well, we know that it was a very sinful time back then, but now you can't really apply that same principle to this modern day time, 2000 plus years later. And if you are a sinner, then I would recommend that you don't sin anymore. You should learn from your mistakes and not do the same mistake twice. And since, as I mentioned, and you know, tomorrow is not guaranteed for any of us, it would behoove all of us to repent daily and reconcile yourself with your loving Creator, the Mother and Father God. And you know, you're going to find this out if you don't already believe it. When you get to heaven and you meet the Father God, you're going to find out that he is a man, just like you were on Earth. He had his upbringing on other planets throughout the universe, his whole evolution also, a journey of his own until he reached co-creator God status. And if you don't think he has his needs and his wants and his desires to have a female next to him, and Jesus too, and Jesus too, don't you think when you get to heaven that you're not going to see women all around Jesus? Because your thinking is wrong if you believe that. You need to start changing. I mean, I'm changing my ways all the time, every day. Just like in that song, Bittersweet Symphony, and a million deep, different people from one day to the next, kind of like that. You know what I mean? We're all like that. On this journey that we're a part of, you know, traveling around the universe, through outer space, you know, in a planet, beautiful planet held in existence by the power of gravity that stretches all the way to the center of the universe, such power to keep all the planets of a particular solar system revolving and rotating perfectly without any flaws, no mistakes, no glitches. That power in one solar system and in all the solar systems in all the galaxies that keeps the galaxies revolving around the center of the universe, that power, call it gravity, call it electromagnetic actions, or call it what you want. But the fact is that the whole universe is held into existence by the might of the Supreme Creator's power. It wouldn't be happening if it wasn't for the Creator. That would give you like a, like the tip of an iceberg idea how powerful the Supreme Creator is. I mean, it's a magic that is hard to comprehend. The power that keeps a planet in revolution around the sun and multiply that by the millions and billions that are in existence throughout the universe, you know, are in existence throughout the universe that they're discovering every day. You know, the James Webb Space Telescope God, please help that space telescope to work finally when it reveals some more incredible images of how huge our universe is and all the nebulas that are out there and other solar systems and galaxies and, and hopefully I'll be able to see into some of those solar systems and identify planets that may be habitable. That's what's waiting for us. And that's another thing about making contact with extraterrestrials is that we can 
also become star travelers like in Star Trek for real. Not only them curing diseases, but we become star travelers. So what's holding us back, my friends? What is holding us back? They know that we're very, they're out there, okay? Take it from me. I'll tell you the truth. I guarantee you. They're out there. They're watching. They're listening. They could be listening to my radio show right now. I hope they were. hope they are. Because I, I read about them all the time. I understand them. They're very... Talk about a soul's evolution. Their soul... Advanced. I mean, they are... You meet one of them, and you'd be, you'd be like getting hit by a 10-ton truck. Just to be in their presence. Their mind is so powerful. What, what they know... And they remember their past lives. You see, when we're born into this world, we forget who we are, where we came from. We forget that we had a pre-existence, that, that we lived in the spirit land's heaven before we came here. And we were incarnated into this world to show a purpose, whether it was to help each other or for our Soul's evolution, which actually that does help our soul's evolution. Would you have a, a soul in your body, my friends? And it's like a lamp. I hear the coyotes out there. They represent the coyotes. They, they represent the nature, their mother nature. They are more objective. You know, they have a function in life. They're part of the ecosystem. Their main goal is to survive, so they have to get enough food, which is difficult, you know, out there because we've encroached on their land and, and our housing developments have narrowed their, their range, if you will. And still they survive out here. I hear them all the time behind our backyard and they are beautiful creatures, you know, once you understand that they're just trying to survive like us. They need food to survive. You know, they can't eat grass and, and survive. They need meat. And so they, they live off uh, some of the animals and go straying out into their territory there, you know, plus other little creatures that exist in the 24 acres behind our backyard, like rabbits or deer, even squirrels. Snakes, even rattlesnakes are out back there, you know. They, they eat rattlesnakes, too. And it's tough. It's a tough existence for them. Before we encroached on their territory back here, go back maybe 100 years in time, San Antonio was just in its initial stages of development, you know, and the pioneers, about 300 years, actually. The pioneers had come west and they were settling here and also up from mexico and and this was some pretty natural land i mean unaffected uh, no pollution you know lots of animal life everywhere and now things are different we're narrowing their natural habitat you know we're decreasing it due to our developing housing developments, you know, are, that are springing up all over the place every day. Their acre of land gone, you know, houses, and we're pushing these away, the deer, the coyotes, whatever else is out there. 
Anyway, so in the Church of the Soul's Evolution, I'm not talking about violence, fantasy violence, evil. It's a new approach. And what I've talked about on all my other shows in the past, it's positivity to a world that has a history of a lot of negativity. I'm doing my share helping to make the world a better place. Now, you might say that this is detrimental in some way, but it's not. I don't talk about bad things. You don't hear me swear. You don't hear me degrade anybody, do you? I might get on the case of some Christians, but wouldn't you rather be, don't you think that they would rather be led down the right pathway, a pathway of truth, what's real, what's true, rather than just believing what they were told without really giving it a whole lot of thought. We deserve that to each other, to help each other, because we are one, as I mentioned, we're connected. It behooves all of us to help each other. And I might be wrong in some things that I say, and I, I recognize that. I try to keep an open mind, which I think is more than some people do. And one thing I like to do, and I will continue to do on my show, is bring up some what I call discrepancies in the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I love the Bible for what it is and what it represents. And I consider the knowledge, very good spiritual development, good spirituality that will help us. But realistically speaking and logically, one has to agree that religion is a money-making business and they don't always have our best interests in mind and so aren't concerned all the time with what is true, but rather repeating what's in the Bible accepting all of what was written, even though it has been rewritten many times and misinterpreted and reinterpreted throughout the centuries many times. If we could have gotten directly from the disciples and the patriarchs of the Bible what they thought, and even then still, they what they put down may have been flawed in some areas. Probably most of it right, but in some instances not 100% right, if you know what I mean. So sometimes we have to fill in the gaps for ourselves, create our own reality system, take what we know, what we've been told, and step outside the box and continue to develop ourselves and not conform to what people say and think and not worry about what they think and not worry about being ostracized or alienated because we are different. What matters at the end of the day is at the end of your life that when you do pass over to the other side, then you can look back and see all the things that you've been able to accomplish and hopefully not say to yourself, I regret having done that. I wish I had known better. If only someone had told me that kind of thing. The truth is out there waiting for us. And these extraterrestrials are out there waiting for us to make contact. So we have to break down these barriers of untruth. And I see a lot of them in the Christian religion. I'll tell you um, what I believe in. 
what I believe is true. There, there's some things that need to be set straight, like the birth of Jesus. Just recently, we had that in December, but no one ever gives much thought to the star of Bethlehem, what it was. They just write it off, whatever they're told. They don't give it a second, you know, wonder just how far above the ground it was and how was it, how did it shine that spotlight onto the manger where Jesus was born? That Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Is it possible that it was an extraterrestrial probe? Because as I mentioned, we've had contact with extraterrestrials in the past and the, the angels that appeared to the shepherds were actually just some kind of like the um, the Virgin of Fatima. Some these extraterrestrials can influence our minds with kind of like hallucinations because they have that extremely advanced technology and their minds, their souls, they are extremely intelligent and advanced. And you would be, you'd be surprised to know just how the brain can be influenced by visions coming from these minds of these highly advanced extraterrestrials. I'm not saying that angels don't exist. They do. Archangel Michael, Archangel Gabriel, they do exist. And you'll meet them when you get to heaven, along with all the other angels, which you've forgotten about because you came from heaven. That's what we'll see when we get there. And all these roadways with chariots and people happy, joyful, just incredibly joyful, laughing all the time. Not a bit of negativity or discord there. No darkness. All the shining of the light of the sun, the spirit matter, because we are spirits, and our spirits are made of light energy. And so why are people so happy when they're in heaven? Because they don't have to sleep. They don't have bodily functions. And it's learning. The greatest single enjoyment that a a soul has is to learn, constantly learn. And what you don't learn here on earth, you will continue learning in heaven. I guarantee you there's so many activities going on there, so many things to do. I've got 60 seconds, my friends. Gold, silver, the precious jewels, they're all there. You'll see them. I guarantee you they're there. And it's a beautiful landscape. You think this world is beautiful? Multiply it by 10 in its beauty there. Everything more intense. The color's more intense. But that's enough for today. I love you. May the supreme creator of the universe, creator of the universe, please bless us all and keep us safe. Help us to overcome this, these viruses. Amen. Goodbye, everybody.